For those of you who listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you will remember me saying that I was going to put an offer on my Month to Manifest program. Month to Manifest is the easiest manifestation course on the market right now. My intention when creating this course was allow it to be easy, simple, time efficient, like I'm not about things that take me a lot of time or I just won't do them. So this requires at the most five minutes of your time a day to be able to really hone your intentions on a daily basis. And not only that, one of the things we have done is to create a community of like-minded people where we meet once a month on a live and we set our intentions for the month ahead. It is so powerful and you'll get to meet those like-minded people who share in your joy and in your love of manifestations and we all lift each other up. It is so amazing. I love it and I would love you to join. One of the things that I have always wanted to do as well is to make this affordable and not only is it affordable every day but I am also giving you a discount on that right now. All you have to do is DM me the word manifest on Instagram and I will send you the unique discount code. Come and join us. God love my next guest on the podcast because we've done this intro five times, people. So what you're hearing now the fifth time we've both said it we've done different platforms we've tried different ways of getting the mic to work so apologies if this intro sounds flat but this is our fifth time so my guest this week is a gorgeous previous client of mine and I love getting people on who have done the work because they can share with you how when you are in a struggle, when there's stuff going on in your mindset, when you've got limiting beliefs, when you've got anxious thoughts, that it is 100% possible to get out of your own way. And that, and and my guest is nodding. (laughs) And that is going to be the heart of what we talk about today. So Amory, welcome, welcome, welcome a million times again to the (laughs) podcast. Can you tell the listeners just a little bit about where you're based and what you do. And then we'll go into why you came to coaching with me in the first place. Yes, sure. Okay, brilliant. I'm delighted to be here, June. So thank you so much for having me on. Um, so very quickly, just me. I am based in Dublin in Ireland. Um, uh, my day-to-day job is I work in the fundraising um, and charity sector, which I love. I also have my own virtual assistant business. So can you remember what your original goal was when you came to work with me? The uh, To not hate myself. Was that the original goal? <laughs> yeah, like the original goal was literally just to like myself a little bit more um, and then just to try and like come out of my anxious head because I was so consumed with, I was just like functioning anxiety is all I can say that I was day to day. Um, and that was my main goal with coming to you. How long do you know you've been stuck in that mental state? I knew I had anxiety since I was very, very young child. Like I would say four years old. I was like, I just was living with it. D- didn't know it. Yeah. Thought it was completely normal. 
just thought that was how everybody lived. And I would say I lived with that from four until probably about a year and a half ago when I started to realize this this isn't normal mm-hmm. and that this isn't this isn't how everybody else lives and it's not right to be like living and feeling this constant anxious mindset and feeling this way and what sort of anxious thoughts can you remember that came up for you on a daily basis a year ago you'll not remember when you were four but like <laughs> but to be fair though and, and this is a question that I normally ask I probably asked you on your consultation call like what would you have worried about as a child and then what did you worry about as an adult like I would worry about everything and if I didn't have something to worry about I would find something to worry about like I just had to be worrying about everything and I can remember like I I remember being four and, and the the horrible sick feeling in like my tummy and like just always having that and then it, like that was through school and then that was through you know being a teenager and then into adult life and you know like it was just always just there and it was it was like it was like it was always just kind of like a shadow that just sort of like lived with me as well is the best way to kind of describe it and where do you know that it was sabotaging you it was like every part of my life it was sabotaging me like you know applying for jobs you know trying to just live you know it would nearly like stop me sometimes just from like living a normal life as well and I would be overthinking everything and I just wasn't so so you were overthinking everything so tell me a little bit about sorry the video cut out mm-hmm. so I'll dive back into where we started from so Perfect. you said you were um worrying about everything and it was probably sabotaging most areas of your life yeah before you came to me what else had you tried like because was I because sometimes I'm the last port of call for people they've tried everything yeah. else before they work with me or they found me through some link to this to that mm. and then they found my podcast or you know it, what was your journey before you found me what else had you tried I was obviously trying all of the normal stuff like I was consuming all of the content be it podcasts books like if there was a self-development book I've probably bought it or I've probably read it or I've read something from it or I've listened to, yeah. listened to some sort of podcast and again I always thought it was just really normal the way I felt so I didn't even really realize so much just that it wasn't so I, as I said anyways I was consuming everything trying my little bit to pull myself out and then I was just like I was just like the last chance I was like you know what I will put my time and savings and everything into trying this with Jude so I had found you Jude through Mart at Canny Crystals I think that's mm-hmm. how I had first discovered you and then I had started following you and then I was like you know I was a bit like if this does not work for me then like nothing is nothing going to work. nothing and it really felt like it was my last absolute last chance um so yeah so that's how I came to finding you <laughs> all of that is like people will recognize that struggle. yeah people will definitely be able to um resonate with that anxiety the self-sabotage mm-hmm. the probably keeping themselves small for a fear of tiny yeah yeah you were fantastic at absorbing everything we talked about in session and one of the things that is really important to me when I'm coaching somebody is that it's not just about what we do in sessions. Mm-hmm. It's about what you do outside of session. That's life-changing. That's mm-hmm. the shift. Because 
you could sit and talk with a therapist or a counselor for an hour a week. And then if you go back and you do more talking, if you're not doing anything outside the session, nothing's changing, Mm -hmm. literally nothing. So it's huge for me when people, when the work that I set them to do outside of the session is not not just absorbed, but it's Mm -hmm. reflected on. And you were an amazing reflector. Like you would replay things over, question them. So what were your biggest takeaways and lessons that you've learned that you still do now 18 months Mm -hmm. later that keep you at a better place keep me afloat yeah well I definitely think that was the main reason why I wanted to work with you as well like it's I did not want to just be talking about the problems I wanted to learn the tools that I could implement myself and that was the main thing as well that pushed me towards it because I was like I had done enough talking and thinking about everything as it was now I was like I need action yeah (laughs) yeah, something But um, again, the, like, the thing about it is the tools that you've taught me and like the way that I've seen the jump, it's it's the simpler of the tools that you've taught me that actually yeah. work. It's the being organized. It's the it's the coping level tool that you taught me about, like, you know, like what makes you feel good on a day to day? What makes you pull down? I do think as well, though, like I am a massive reflector. Mm-hmm. And I will reflect on everything and I'll always be like, oh, why did I do that? How did I respond to that? Why didn't that work for me? Like, again, I I'm such a reflector because I want this to continue to work for me as well and I think that was really important and the other thing is when I came to you I wanted to do the work like I was so just gone so hungry demented in my own head like I nearly want to like scratch my skin off that I was like I wanted to do the work Mm -hmm. and again and it's this it's the really really simple things it's the reframing your thoughts it's having something to look forward to each day it's having a hobby as well that's really good like there is nothing complicated about what you've taught me and what you're teaching everybody on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And if people implemented even like 5% of what you're saying, they will start to see results. And the other thing with me as well is I want results instantly. So it's, <laughs> that was one of the things I was like, I have no patience. I want results now today, but it's just like everything. It's just like you're, you're putting a coin in a piggy bank. Like every little thing that you do, is just gonna it's gonna help so so much and what's crazy and I don't think people realize this right unless you've done the work and I say it to the guys in the academy as well when they're trained to become coaches the life-changing work you will do with your clients will be implemented in eight weeks and although Mm -hmm. every coaching program I do is 12 sessions Mm -hmm. those eight weeks are where all the life-changing stuff happens Mm -hmm. everything else is just making sure you're continuing it implementing yeah so by the time you were at week eight with me you were so can you remember what you started at on a scale so I oh I was on a scale two. One to ten yep so scale of one to ten ten being oh my god I've just got that job oh my god like this guy's just told us he loves us like we yeah. have that happy every day so my yeah. goal is always eight or nine with a client yeah. and zero's real struggle zero's probably depression struggling yeah bed and you were at a two as you say when you easily started yeah yeah instantly. I was a two like I remember like on the consultation call like I was crying like it was just so miserable and then I think by like I think maybe even like session four or whatever I remember I was like I'm a six dude like how <laughs> yeah and it's huge and it's those little little things and and you were great at implementing all of the stuff that we talked about everything that you said is like the the kind of the, the, the easy things, the obvious things, the simple things that you don't realize is sabotaging a lot of your 
mm-hmm. day, week, etc. Like one of the things that I know, I'm going to come back to the bit that I was going to say, but one of the things that I yeah. know you do that I absolutely love is that you, um, you now on a night time, actually you said you do it for the whole week, don't you? You I, set out exactly I what try. you're going to wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. For the whole week. So therefore in the morning, you can get up and it's just easy and it's simple. And I love that. Yeah, it's easier actually, and it's just about making life as easy as possible. As easy as possible. And it's all those little things. How can you make the routine going to bed easier? How can you make yeah. mornings easier to get up and to have that time? And you were really good at doing all of that. And then because things got easier, you were then able to add more into your life. But the thing that I remember was almost the last piece of the puzzle that we did with you mm-hmm. was getting you to question your thoughts. Those mm-hmm. things, that, that the structure, the routine, the organization, the implementation was was really easy because you were hungry to learn all of that. Yeah, and I wanted to be doing stuff in between sessions. Yeah. And I wanted to be coming with Oh, yeah, you wanted and... homework, didn't you? Yeah. I love that. You were like, I love doing this, you. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I remember with you was getting you to realise that the thoughts you had, you could think differently about. And I mean, that just shocked me, the fact when you even just said that. <laughs> I was like, what? Because one of the things I remember, and, and, and if you're not comfortable, we'll take this bit out, was one of your limiting beliefs. Oh, God, it was something to do with the fact that either your opinion doesn't matter or um, or that you don't feel good enough. And it was even down to being able to choose a top. And if a yeah, friend said like they would... preferred the other one. So you tell me, can you tell the example of that? Because I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I know it's a it's a really really like silly well, people will get this. Be having. We'll yeah get exactly this. <laughs> yeah. but like I mean throughout throughout my whole life I would have always been like this and I'm not sure if maybe this maybe came from well, I mean and I know it definitely came from like my childhood and like being an only child I think and just not having that voice but you know it would be you know meeting a friend and they'd be like where do you want to go for lunch or to be like asking them for an opinion on something like a top or something as you just said there and maybe they'd be like I want to go here I want to see you know this film or I want to go here for lunch or I think that top is nicer like I'd nearly choose what they would tell me that they liked instead of what I would like just because I was so fearful of I mean you know I would just be so fearful of being judged or being you know yeah, I suppose judged, I suppose, the best way think, to kind of describe Yeah, if it. I remember rightly, it was fear of having your own opinion. Yeah, fear of having your own opinion. fearing that somebody I'll, else wouldn't like your, your yeah, my, opinion. My your opinion, choice. yeah, definitely, or my choices. Yeah, exactly. And I think that definitely comes from not feeling that I've been able to voice, have a voice for myself because of past relationships, past um, childhood, past everything like that. So, yeah, like, like it was even like, I wouldn't even, like sometimes not not be honest but like you know I would choose what the other person would want just and I think as well just fear of making somebody angry by mistake by accident like I just that yeah, was me big fear I don't either. No, I never want to upset anybody yeah. like if I'm ever in a group like I'm like what's everybody's mood like like taking it all in like kind of like surveying kind of nearly um and I kind of do that as like a protective thing um yeah. but uh, like that has lessened quite a bit now since like having worked with you and like gotten through that and being like 
it's okay <laughs> yeah because there was a part of your timeline and again I can take this out if needed yeah. there was a part of your timeline where you were in a relationship that definitely didn't serve you because you allowed that a person to have such control and yeah. opinions over you that you lived in hell for a good good few yeah. years in that relationship yeah and your interpretation of that was very much feeling like you'd failed almost because you'd been in that relationship. And actually what I could see on the timeline was a ton of strength because you were able to get out of that relationship. Where do you see that now with yourself in terms of what, how does Anne-Marie show up now and why is it different? Oh, well, I suppose, yeah, like I definitely have more strength in myself now because I am like you know I've come out the other side of it and I would say to anybody that is in any kind of relationship like that like you can get yourself out of it and life can be 100% better and you are so much stronger than you think you are because I, I was made to believe that I was the weakest version of myself but mm-hmm. that's like not true um and you, I mean, the amazing thing is, is that at the time, because that happened before we worked together, you yeah. were strong enough to get out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. I guess you just had, God love you. Not only did you have that, um, that, that anxiety, that fear mm-hmm. of not being good enough before you met this person, mm-hmm. but that, that person then almost kind of put all of these labels added labels on you and telling you who you were so even though you were strong enough to get out of that relationship because you knew it was just killing you mentally yeah you huge well done to you managed to get out of that relationship on your own there was nobody else you didn't even tell anyone else what you were going through until you Mm -hmm. got out the other side of it and when you were out the other side of it there's then doing that work on yourself to not just correct the all your own voice like you yes. that, you've told yourself you're not good enough but it was also taken off those labels that that other person had put on you mm-hmm. for a long time and made you feel like crap basically yeah but it was also like not wanting to carry that with me because I was like I don't want to live my life like with that those labels and feeling that way and feeling yeah. the anxiety I was like I was like no I was like and it's just about finding that and it's just find that little crumb to hang on to like I can remember there would be weeks where I would be miserable and there might just be an hour where I'd be like okay I feel strong and I would hang on to that hour and then there would be another hour and it was just like that it just kind of built up over time and that's how you got out of that relationship yeah yeah. crumbs okay yeah exactly yeah how fantastic and again you know that I said that before and then the video went off, but one of my points was, you know, you had a ton of strength in you. You just Mm -hmm. possibly didn't realize how strong you were. And we were able to reflect on that in the sessions as well. Going back to, sorry, going back to the the anxious thoughts where you struggle to just make those decisions. For the listener, (laughs) we do keep cutting out with videos. So I'm going to try and remember. God love my menopause coupled with zoom shutting us out and all the different technology issues we've had it's definitely going to be cobbled together but hopefully the message will come across so one of the points that I wanted to to just re uh go over was the final piece of the puzzle with you was those anxious thoughts that you had 
where you would struggle to make a decision, where you yeah. would struggle to have a voice, even in your friendship groups w- with your mm-hmm. best mates. What advice would you give to somebody who is struggling? Because everything else that we did was very much about kind of practical things that we could put in mm-hmm. place, really helping you to see actually that you do have control, that you are able to kind of show up in a way where those anxious thoughts aren't present so there was kind of two areas that we worked on if I remember rightly that were the last piece of the puzzle one was those anxious thoughts with even just friends and like being able to to question them and go well hang on a minute and then there was also how you showed up in the workplace Mm -hmm. because I think it was only towards the the the, the, probably as I get about session eight that I was like I didn't know that you had imposter syndrome in your workplace because actually the goal that we were working on was supporting you to increase more and get more money through your VA business and removing Mm -hmm. limiting beliefs around that because it was something new. Yes. My presumption wrongly was your day job because we never mentioned it. You just got on with your day job. You, You kind of scored it. Okay. You were like, it's, you know, it's fine. I can do it. Yeah. But even in something that you could do, there was still a level of imposter syndrome. Yeah. So in those areas, sorry, I'm waffling now. In those two areas, what do you know you did differently, even from a friendship point of view? How Mm -hmm. did you show up differently without those anxious thoughts? And what did you do differently in the workplace to to kind of show up differently there to remove that imposter syndrome or those anxious thoughts? Yes. So I think what I did for both of those was I sort of I took myself and the emotion out of it and I kind of looked at it more practically and as well I think one of the things you said to me that just stuck with me is um like especially to do with the friendship and like the opinions kind of thing you were like how would you treat your friend if they came to you and they said such and such a thing and I'd be like well I wouldn't care or you know it wouldn't even bother me and I was just like why haven't I reversed that for myself yeah. <laughs> like why didn't I approach it that way but instead you see I was too in my head I was too in the emotion of everything so my two biggest pieces of advice is remove the emotion and get really practical and yeah. just baby steps it's all about those tiny 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 little pieces of evidence that you were just giving yourself yeah and that example that you just give there to be fair was so, so if we use, because you gave a beautiful example, because I was like, tell me how that shows up. And you were like, okay, well, say if there was a top, right? Yeah, and I liked and the I green. Knew, yeah. yeah, and I knew it was green. Uh, sorry, I liked the green one. But then my friend just happened to pick up the blue one and said, oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. You would immediately get the blue one because they yeah. said they love it. And you would dismiss the fact that you liked the green one because the fear of what was if they don't like it? And I'm yeah. the same one. Yeah. Relevant. So you you didn't even equate, hang on a minute, it's, it would be me wearing it. Yeah. What do I like? Because that wasn't even in your on your radar that no. you had a choice to be able to choose something for because you. That I think really came from as well, like from childhood wanting to keep the peace at home as well. Uh, right. Okay. So therefore, I'd said to you, I turned around and said, what would you think? If your friend did the opposite, so you'd said to her, oh, I really love this green top. And they said, oh, actually, yeah, but I'm going to get the blue one. You'd be like, oh, I'd be totally fine with it. I mean, it's not me wearing it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I wouldn't even remember it about 20 minutes later. Like, it's just yeah. not a thing. But that would cripple me. Or like yeah. if we went to the cinema, I wouldn't be able to watch a film because I'd be so convinced if I had picked the film, I'd be like... 
my god my friend might hate this if they do they're gonna blame me for wasting two and a half hours of their life like i would sit in the film and not even take it in yeah. because i'd be so worried do you know what i love about these examples that you're giving here right is that other people have them yeah. and they perceive because i know because I, I coach you guys for a living right every single person that comes to me will say i know it's stupid mm-hmm. but this is how i feel i know i'm crazy but this is how i feel you're not stupid you're not crazy nearly everyone has some insecurity yeah and it's not I guess the work that we do together is give it a platform and mm-hmm. to really shine a spotlight on it and go, okay, well, let's explore that because as you said, it's crippling you. Mm-hmm. And even if you know it's silly and you know it's crazy, we're still going to do some work on it exactly. because it's crippling. And and that was a lot of the the, the work that we did probably in, the, in, in session eight and then everything yeah. else after that is just making sure you implement it. And one of the things that you ended up doing in session oh is it 11 so we'd had gaps between the sessions this is mm-hmm. what I do to make sure that everyone's fine and going it alone after working with me and what we were working on was again it was all about increasing income and you getting used to actually I can earn more and yeah. dreaming bigger and, and that was one of the things that I always do as well towards the end of the coaching program is getting you to see there's probably bigger goals that you can achieve and more that you can achieve and when people remove the the mindset blocks that have been holding them back anyway, it naturally happens. It naturally yes. happens where they go, oh, actually, I'm excited about life. I can see now yeah. that maybe my dreams were too small and I've got bigger dreams. Yes, and I definitely, I can remember that clicking. And I can even remember clicking just one other point as well. Like we were working together and one of the things was to remove the anxiety. And through our weeks working together, it was only like randomly, like I think it was one Sunday night I got into bed and I was like, I haven't got anxious in days. And I didn't even realize it was just one of those things where it just hit me. I love that. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) And you know what? You know what I love about that more than anything is that because my journey, my -hmm. personal journey was very different to what I give my clients. I've kind of taken everything that I did from I was 23 to 33 Mm -hmm. because I had coaching when I was 23, 24 And it took me 10 years of doing that work on myself after the coaching. And what I did was I took all of that and I condensed it down into the framework that that, that you guys get. So it took me 10 years to (laughs) realise. And I went, I had depression for 10 years. Like, what the hell? I love that, that you've got that in like however many weeks of work with me. Like amazing. Because I remember I was like, just wanting this overnight cure and then all of a sudden I just realized and I was like wow and it's just so bloody powerful when you realize it's possible and I'm not you know I don't get people on so that you know everyone can go oh my god I must work with Jude you know like it's more just for everyone else out there to realize what you realized before, Mm -hmm. before you started working with me is like actually I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah. This doesn't, I don't want this to be my story. I don't want to be anxious all the time. And I don't want it to be who I am. And it is so possible to not have that because I know when I was going through, before I found a coach, I genuinely just thought, oh, this is who I'll always be. I'll always be somebody with depression and anxiety. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is just me. I'm just going to always be the anxious one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just who I am. It's what I've put on myself. 
And I think if anyone's going to take anything away from this episode is thinking about what labels have you put on yourself mm-hmm. that you don't want to have anymore, that you want to take off yourself. Now, Anne-Marie is still with me, thank goodness, mm-hmm. even though we're not working together anymore and she's done the work and she's amazing. She decided to then want to do this work for other people as well. Yes. And that's the beauty of when you've done this and you know the power of it, you then get to go, oh God, I wish I could do this for someone else. Oh my God, yeah. Like if I could just help one, like, it's just as I said, like having this my entire life to name not having it really is just incredible and like if you could just help like one person so yeah and I remember that for me me going into coaching was like if I could help one person remove this feeling because that feeling is hell there's no pain like it it's not you know at least if you're going through I don't know if you've got a broken leg or I don't know you're in labor you know that pain's coming to it's coming to an end exactly as for the anxious pain is there it's just constant 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 and you know you don't Mm -hmm. want to feel like that and Mm -hmm. the thought of feeling like that makes it worse because you're like anxious about feeling anxious exactly you're like where's my next worry coming from yeah yeah and it's like it is it's like your reticular activating system goes right hang on dude amarine you need to worry about this yeah you know you were feeling calmer but actually there's something in the corner you need to worry about that you haven't even thought about yet and it's like anxiety does that it breeds anxiety mm-hmm. but it is so possible to change your path now you are doing amazing so you're you're not going to be long in terms of when you it's not going to be long until you graduate exactly so who is it that you if you were going to pick a person that you would help what do you think they would, I mean, it's, I think it's obvious to be fair, but we'll ask the question. What do you think they'd be struggling with and what result would you want to give? Oh my God. Well, I would want to help anybody who's felt like me, who's just had it constantly their entire lives. Who's been as young as I was and thinking, you know, that they had anxiety and didn't have a label for it at that time. So like, and I just want to prove that you can change who you are and you can reframe it. And even if you, it can might feel like such a struggle, but even if you're like, you know what, just for one day, I'm just going to re- re- try and just gently reframe my thoughts. And like, even for me, what I would do is just for the next hour, I'm just going to reframe my thoughts and just not like be as hard on myself. Like I would literally be like taking it hour by hour. And I just want to yeah. prove to people that you can dream bigger, that there is, Yeah, you just have to go out there and get it and get life, but you yeah. can do it. Yeah, and like getting out of your own head is is huge, definitely huge. Like you just need to get out of your own way. And as I said, for me, it was just those tiny, tiny pieces of everyday evidence. And I think as well, like as I said, probably touched on earlier, but like I was such a consumer, but like maybe pull back on the consumption of everything and then just implement one thing. Oh, that's good advice. Because you know what? There's so many people listening to this thing and I listen to all the podcasts. I read yeah. books, nothing's changing. Yeah. So yeah. your advice would be pull back on the taking and consuming. Taking, yes, and, and implement action. just one action that okay. you've learned that you think might help you. And I guarantee, and give it two weeks. That's the other thing as well. Because I'm always like, I want results in three days. No, no, no. <laughs> and give it two weeks. I love that. I love that. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been 
a, a ride and a journey this recording hasn't it <laughs> yeah, really you know fast. what an absolute ride and a journey and for you the listener you will not appreciate how much editing I will have put into this episode to cut out <laughs> how bad our internet connections oh been that it's God. dropped off but I'm sure what will be delivered will be hugely beneficial to so many people out there and thank you so much Oh, thank you for being brave enough to come on and share your story and you know one of the things that I always say for those who become coaches is your people will resonate not just with you but with your story and I know exactly. there's going to be so many people listening who know that they have struggled with anxiety all their life and have just presumed that's the way it's always going to be and I love yeah. how you are a shining beacon for those to show them that it's not but thank you Jude for everything you do for us as well don't I'll cry I'm just coming in at the end here to say how much I loved that conversation and although there was a few stops and starts I think we had about 20 God love Anne-Marie who persevered and didn't get flustered with all the stop start and just due to Wi-Fi's cutting out and one thing I realised was that I didn't even introduce her full name on the final version. So you'll hear at the very start that I added it in while I was working from home. So it does sound, <laughs> sounds like a recorded voice message. So that is why. So yes, Anne-Marie O'Toole. And I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as we enjoyed recording it, despite all the technical difficulties. Have an amazing week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbreakable Mindset podcast with me, your host, Jude Daunt. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do share with others. And it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate, review, follow and subscribe on your podcast app. This will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences. And if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly, please visit judedaunt.com coaching.co.uk the links will be in the show notes